Welcome to STEM Interviews, a science communication interview series powered by stemcognito.org, a not-for-profit platform showcasing the best in STEM research for free. STEM Interviews is hosted by ex-researcher turned professional science communicator Dr. Sarah Wettstadt. Each episode, Sarah chats to a scientist, technologist, engineer or mathematician about their research and why it's important for both scientists and non-scientists. She also asks about their science communication tactics, hobbies, career journeys and pretty much everything in between. Welcome to a new episode of the STEM Interviews. Today we have with us Dr. Noemi Matei from the University of Lausanne. It's a great pleasure for me to talk to you today because you and I, we've been, ta- we've been working together for over two years now, or almost two years, I'm not really sure. But it's always good to catch up with you, talk about microbiology or science art or anything else that pops into our minds. So it's so good to have you with us today. Thank you very much. I'm also very happy to be here and to talk a bit about microbiology and other things. And yes, as you said, it's almost two years. I think it will be two years in two months or, or three, something like this. It's it's crazy. <laughs> Time is flying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so to have a bit of an introduction to yourself, can you talk about your research, what you do, what you currently work on, which bacteria you do you, you actually work on? Yes, so I'm a postdoc at the Justin Collier's group and we are working on uh, DNA methylation in bacteria. So basically it's, um, it kind of adds some syntax to the DNA alphabet. So not as we have when we talk, we don't have 26 letters in the DNA alphabet, but we have only four. Mm-hmm. And there, so the bacteria have their genome composed of these four different bases that compose the DNA. And the, when they are assembled together, they form kind of words that would be translated into genes and that can encode a function. So for example, they can suddenly degrade some lactose or other carbon source or things like that. And basically the methylation is something that is added on top of some of the letters of the DNA and without changing the words itself. So I think there is a really cool example to kind of translate this and explain this is if you take some sentence and you had some syntax or so some comma or other things, it might change completely what it means or what it says. Yes. So yeah. I, I looked for a very easy sentence, but a very funny one. So if you, if you don't add any comma or any syntax, the sentence would be, let's eat grandma. So like we would eat human flesh, yes. <laughs> like no. <laughs> but now if after the word eat, if you add a comma, let's so let's eat grandma. So it's grandma, let's come to dinner, let's have lunch. Yeah. So it's a completely new meaning with just adding some syntax without changing any words. Mm-hmm. And basically DNA methylation is like this. So you add some, some methyl group on some basis of the DNA and it might the change basis, the expression. So only two actually, the A and so adenine and the C cytosine on the, so there are four A, C, T and G and it's only on A and C. And basically this methylation, they are found in really like all kingdom of life. So you find them in bacteria, but also in our own genome. And um, the in bacteria, the one that are the mostly studied is, um, is on adenine. 
-hmm. but it also exists on cytosine mm -hmm. but it's mostly studied in uh, in eukaryotic cells because actually uh, the cytosine methylation is really studied because it's it is involved in the cancer development so it's a it's a main interesting topic that's why it's mainly studied there because actually the, in tumor cells or in our you actually so I'm, I'm for sure not an expert on that part <laughs> but what is happening is the cytosines that are methylated they are less stable Mm -hmm. and they can have some a process that is called deamination so it will suddenly through a chemical processes will become a timine so another basis of the dna so it's turned c to t and you have some if it's not repaired if the cells cannot see that there was a problem and that uh, the cells cannot say oh it was a mistake it needs to stay to stay a c and not a t then it will have some mutation and this kind of mutation might often can lead to cancer development. Yeah. So not just a change so that's why it's, uh, the text of the sentence, it changes the whole sentence in that regard. It's not just adding a yeah. comma, but just like changing the whole word, basically. In this, exactly, in this particular situation is exactly like this. And okay. um, so that's why it's, uh, it's mainly studied in eukaryotic cells, but in bacteria, it's really the adenine methylation that has the most, um, that was, the most characterized mm -hmm. and so these methyl group added on the on the dna it's then it's done by an enzyme that it's called methyl transferase so it's it's Sounds adding sense. the methyl group yeah <laughs> it makes sense <laughs> and then it's these methyl transferase they can it's even more complicated because they can be like uh, divided in two main groups okay. depending on what they can do so you have the ones that are actually not working alone, but are associated with the restriction endonuclease. So it's kind of some scissors. Okay. And the methyl transferase, what they do, I told you, they add some methyl group on adenine or cytosine, but it's not on any adenine or cytosine. It's really on a specific word that they will find and, and locate in the, in the DNA. And then when they recognize this sentence, this small combination of letters, they will then add uh, the methyl group on either the adenine or the cytosine, depending if it's an adenine methyl transferase, so working for adenine or cytosine methyl transferase, recognizing and adding the methyl group to the cytosine. And basically, when they are in the group where they are associated with the restriction on the nuclease, this same scissor recognizes the same motif, the same word. Okay. And when they recognize this word, if it's not methylated, they can cut it. Okay. And if it's methylated, they cannot cut it. And so what it does, it's really an, a protection against foreign DNA that comes into the cells. So you have, for example, the phage, the virus that can infect the cells. And, and what they do usually is they, they attach on the bacteria and then they inject their DNA. And if there is some of the words inside these DNAs that can be recognized by the scissor, it will be degraded before anything can happen because it will be able to, to cut. So that's so one of the groups that- it recognizes viral DNA instead of its own. Okay. Yes. With which purpose? To, so really to avoid that, um, that the virus phages can, can invade the cells and then destroy the cells or even that the cells can, as a, 
virus can then integrate the DNA into the bacterial genome. So this is even so it's like more a complicated. Than the... viruses. Yes. Okay. Exactly. So, so that's really actually. Sorry. Is it better or worse than the CRISPR-Cas? <laughs> um, good question. <laughs> I think it's. Um, Was it more efficient? I guess they could. They could be even. Uh, I think it's. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's why the one of the first mechanisms how this uh, DNA methylation was studied. It's really the the first thing that they found. So this main category when the methyl transferase are associated with these uh, scissors that mm -hmm. can uh, that can can. And um, yeah, there is a second category, <laughs> of course. <laughs> okay, okay. So that was the first one. The bacteria yes. use this um, methylation with the scissors against viruses as an immune system. Yes, kind of. Okay. Yes. Just to sum and it up. To, and to yeah, and and also as uh, with the integration of the DNA, it's kind of it's avoid some additional pieces of DNA that might be not wanted okay. or, or not that doesn't have a positive fitness or something but it's also kind of in the same sense do some genome maintenance to really keep what you have and to to not evolve and kind of. okay so generally just to keep out all the foreign dna but how then yes. because we know that bacteria always evolve because they take up new yes. dna how do they make the yes. difference now when do they, when do they so decide? I, okay, this is what the piece of DNA that I actually want to have, and that I want to get into this cell so I can evolve and become better. Why do they cut yeah. the, the foreign DNA in the first place? I think it's um, I think it's probably changing a lot between the different bacteria. Like some of them have a lot of these methyltransferase. They can have five or even more different ones, but some of them will have only one. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's it, I guess there is already some. A lot of differences here. Some are more protected, some are maybe less protected uh, against some some invaders' DNA. And then in the end, it's always some probability because they only recognize one word. So that word needs to be in the viral DNA. Okay. And then also once um, viral DNA comes in, this so these scissors they are expressed and they will have some time to try to cut it, but. I don't really know how fast it goes and you know if the viral DNA somehow can still be recognized by the first melted transferase and then be methylated and suddenly protected. So it's okay. I guess it can go both ways. It's a bit uh, okay. Uh, yeah, we for now the the main things that is shown is more that it's to go against and to be protected okay. against them. But I, I can, I'm sure in some situation it might, depending on the timing or the length of the viral DNA, maybe there's still a junk that can that is not cut that is long enough yeah. to being integrated and okay. things like this. So I can sneak in. Very complex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what about the yeah. second class? You said so the second class. <laughs> exactly, is the one that I'm more interested about, and is the one oh. that are not associated with the with the scissors. <laughs> so they basically they are called orphan or solitary uh, methyl transferase because they are alone, <laughs> not <Yeah>. with <laughs> not with uh, with the scissors next to them, and those ones they have been much less much much well 
sorry, much less studied <laughs> because we don't know yet what are their roles, what they do. And the few one that we know a little bit about is that they have an effect on gene regulation. So really like this comma that then affects the whole words next to it. So adding a comma or not will change the sentence. And in this situation is, for example, if there is um, a word that is able to degrade something, it might completely uh, like inhibit the use of this function or enhance the use of that function. Okay. And for now, what they, what they, the few things that they found is that it can have some impact in uh, turning on some virulence function, but also some um, like motilities of bacteria that suddenly swim in some some okay. media, and it has also some some of them might have some impact on some uh, cell division, like to to help the cells becoming two cells. Okay, so, so it's okay. So and, how, yeah, so what's how do we actually know all about this? So how do you study this kind of system? How do you study the, the comma setting within the center? <laughs> what do you do? So it's 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 very it's it might not change so much than other things that you studied in the end. Also, because we have already in the organism size I study, we already have some information that helps uh, working on. So I'm working with Colobacter crescentus, and um, <laughs> Colobacter crescentus, okay, <laughs> a, nice, <so> <laughs> a nice, <laughs> a nice little bacterium that is in the water. Okay, it has this uh, comma shape, actually, okay. and it's a, it's a. It's a very cool organisms because it's actually not only one shape and it has a dimorphic lifestyle. That's Ooh. how we call it. What is that? So it's actually <laughs> the first one is um, is one with the flagella. So it's, it's something at the end of the bacteria that helps swim in the in the water. Yeah. So this one is one of the first shape. And basically, the bacteria will swim around in the water, look for some sugar, look for some nice and cozy place to stay in. Okay. And when they find that place, they just decided to stick to it. So they get rid of the flagella and okay. they use something to really, to really stick to that surface and to wow. never move, never leave from that one. How and do they do that? It... How do they just stick? To... <laughs> so okay. they have um, something that is called a stalk. So basically, it's really a, something with a triangle at the end, and mm -hmm. it acts like a, it's really a glue. So it's really like sticking to the surface. And there is a nice <laughs> blog post that you should read <laughs> on the bacterial world about that. Okay. <laughs> and um, yeah, basically, the, they try to, um, to really uh, investigate the force, that is uh, how, how much force they use to really stick to that surface because as they are in the water they need to really stick to the you know you have some current you have oh, different yeah. things so they really need to stay attached tight, yeah. and they could really really say that i think it was with one centimeter squares of surface that they could hold for like 680 kilos it's like one one elephant or something <laughs> like this it's uh yeah really powerful wow, tiny organisms so <laughs> it's like a super glue of bacteria huh? it's the super glue of bacteria for sure so cool. <laughs> like you want to use that for everything else <laughs> can we what do you think uh, they mm, they were thinking about doing that i think they have 
they I think it never went through in the end. Maybe there are still some people working on this. This I have no idea actually. But uh, yeah, that would be that would be really nice to be able to use that's, that. That's something uh, fancy to think about. Yes, have a bacteria yes. glue to just yeah. stick stuff onto your, your wall. That's yeah, that's funny to yes. think. <laughs> okay. For sure. <laughs> Okay, so now the green and blue. What does your metallization yes. and the comma setting has to do with <laughs> the two forms of the bacteria? How does it all work? Oof. Oof. So for this part, I, <laughs> I I don't know if they have like some specific things in the in the different shape, but for sure is what is happening with. Um, ah, sorry, there is a plane. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's just wait for the plane to pass and then start again. <laughs> so you're close to the airport, huh? <laughs> it's not the airport, actually. It's uh, one of the army, Swiss army. Oh, army base. Okay. Wow. So it's not the same kind of plane. <laughs> They do their exercises and, and things. Okay. Uh, it can. It's not often, but it can be very noisy. <laughs> That's fine. Yes. I think they are gone now. <laughs> For now, okay. we are safe. Wow. That's fine. Okay. Starting. Yeah. Out. So this. Yes. So this color bacteria, um, it has actually five different methyl transferases. So it's one with a, a lot of these methyl transferases, mm -hmm. and two of them are in the classified as protecting against invading DNA, mm -hmm. and the three others are from the category of the orphan that might have been different function, and one of them is involved in the cell division. Mm -hmm. So not between the different uh, morphology uh, of the cells. This has no influence in the in having stock or having the flagella to swim. But really, the bacteria that sticking to isolation with nutrition, nutrient, um, it will then divide, use yes, that can away. So basically, mother cells with stock that will always produce one with the flagella, and that is swimming away it's always uh, like this and that's okay. actually one of the reasons why this organisms was so much studied is because you can really nicely see the cell cycle and study the cell cycle and also you can synchronize as how we say it the cells because you can really um, separate the one that have only the flagella and swim oh. around and the other one that have the stalk and so you, as can you can separate the, the, the swimming bacteria from the from the gluing bacteria Oh, that is yes, cool. exactly. Nice. That is really cool. And then you can only start with one population and then they will do exactly the same thing kind of at the same time. So it's really, so they, it's really all the cells to... will go through the whole cycle at the same time in the same, in the same uh, time period. Okay. Exactly. Okay. That's how it's, that's why it's one really a, a model organism that was studied for, for cell division and so on. And that's also why they found this one of these uh, methyl transferases that has some influence in the cell division. So um, actually it's, it's, the name is CCRM for cell cycle regulated methyl transferase. <laughs> okay. So it makes sense. It's a, it's a, Okay, okay, so it's a metal yes. that is regular, no, that regulates the cell cycle. Yeah, okay, exactly. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> so yeah, it's one of the methyl transferases that my lab is working on. Um, so one of my colleagues is mainly focusing on that one. Mm -hmm. And actually what they really what they see is depending on the progression of the cell cycle, basically the new DNA that is replicated, it's not directly methylated. Okay. And then what, depending on how the methylation will progress, it will influence on the turning on and turning off of some function of the gene. Okay, so wait. And the, then the bacteria replicates and makes more DNA, and some of them yes. have the methylation and some don't. And depending on that, it does what? So one of the play it again. <laughs> So one of the of the main it regulates like hundreds of genes, but one of the main ones that I can tell you that will help understand how it can help in the cell division uh, progress is one that is called FTSZ, and it's how the cells when they elongate and divide they they need to separate at some point, and yes. there's there is a, a ring that will actually really close to them have the two cells being two instead of one big one. Okay, so wait, bacteria so this, elongate this ring, and then make a ring in the middle. Yeah, that will okay. come straight. <laughs> ah, okay. And then, yeah. so this is one of the genes that is uh, regulated and is active, especially um, more activated when it is methylated. So when the cell elongates, in the inside the DNA needs also to, to be two, to have yeah. two genomes in the two cells. And so the DNA will replicate, have to have a second copy. And when this replication occurs, suddenly not all the DNA is methylated and only when it's methylated, it will then activate uh, these genes and help at the end to, to, yeah, to have two bacteria. So it's really, it's really crazy to think that you know it's also a matter of what genes is where on the mm -hmm. genome because it needs to be like replicated and methylated at a certain point to make sure yeah. that everything else kind of is already doubled that you have this division at the right at the right moment to have two healthy bacteria two healthy daughter cells okay that is crazy think about that Yes, like this teeny tiny bacterium one cell can have such a complex regulatory system, right? Yes, yes, it's crazy. So yeah, so this is one of the of the methyl transferase that is the focus of uh, my lab, and there are actually two others that are called this often, and those two among the five that Colobacter has, it's the only two that are um, recognizing and methylating the cytosine. So we have really no idea what they do, what are their function, and actually that's my project. <laughs> yeah, that is your project. Okay. <laughs> yes. Now we come to it. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. So finding finding what these what these two um, cytosine methyltransferase do. Um, okay. So to really study this, because that was the origin of the question. <laughs> what is nice is that we already know the motif that they recognize and on which word they add their methyl group. So this is already something that was that was done before and that's already some 
good information that we can use because we have access to actually the whole book of the bacterial gene of Colobacter and we can really look for these uh, motifs where they are and okay. before which kind of function they might be and if it can influence or not um, these, the function of the, that okay. is next to the to this word that can be methylated or not. Okay. So yeah, we... What is your guess right now? What do you think your metal transferase does? Or can you not tell about it because it's not published yet? <laughs> For sure, it's not published yet. Yeah. But we, I can say one thing that we that we found and that we found before. Um, so um, basically, I started the project uh, just before the pandemic, and uh, and we actually had the lockdown, so it was mm -hmm. a bit. I was planning on my first experiment where when UNIL, the University of Lausanne, uh, should like. It was closed for everyone, yeah. so <laughs> it was a bit complicated. But, mm -hmm. uh, it's yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, story of and, every scientist's um, life during the last uh, one and a half years. Yeah, exactly. But we, in the end, we were really lucky because we only only closed for six weeks, six or seven weeks. It was not so long, and then we could come again. So it was, it was not that bad. I have to say, compared to other people, it was really we were really really lucky. Um, yeah. So yeah, we we did some first, you know, experiment just trying to put the bacteria in different medium to see if they could grow better or not. Comparing the bacteria that is a normal healthy bacteria with the bacteria that is lacking the methyl transferase. So mm -hmm. basically, then the the words cannot be methylated and it might change something. And on the growing media, it was just like doing standard things to do something to start with and we saw nothing different but i i was willing to do some motility essays that's how we call it so we put some bacteria on the surface and we see how they swim on that surface wow Basically, bacteria swim on a surface <laughs> oh my god yes. <laughs> it is so it's so nice to see honestly it's really really cool okay. you have so you use um some some food where you put some agar like you would put in your jelly to have them to have them yeah. a bit thicker and you add a specific quantity of agar that it's solid but it's not so solid so it's okay. if you if you take on the side of your of your square where you like put your media it's exactly okay <laughs> so gotcha. um, it's a semi semi liquid solid surface and on okay. that kind of surface if they have this uh, flagella they can they can move they can swim on that on that surface so when you put a really tiny tiny little drop of uh, of cells you if they can move you will really see at the end a circle so it's really uh, big circles that can in increase all because wow exactly they swim in all directions so we we did that a bit uh, to try different things and also because in a, in a recent paper they found one of this um, in a in a different species uh, a methyl transferase that could influence the motility and we actually in one of the two methyl transferases that i have saw a defect in the in the motility so they could not swim properly um okay. and now the the only thing i can say and what we think is not because they cannot um it's not because they cannot use uh, the flagella to swim but it's more because they really suddenly stop also their cell division 
so they they are blocked okay. in the cell division because there is some stress but so what just because they can't divide does mean they can't swim anymore what so no for sure not but also on that surface as there is food they will also go toward the food and use it and of course they will also divide it's not when we when we check at this uh, phenotype it's mostly to see if they swim or cannot swim but also they swim to go to a new to a new source that is appealing to them so of yeah. course on the plate you have some nutrients some sugar and they they go further away to find this this food so it's also yeah. important that they can that they can uh, become two cells and divide so this is really of course preliminary and it's okay three things based on other things but it's not uh, it's not proven yet okay. <laughs> it's really the beginning of an interesting project <laughs> okay so i'm sure the next time you're going to tell us more about it yeah once you oh, yes. know i hope so actually does. okay i really hope so <laughs> sounds good okay yeah okay and then Besides being a microbiologist, you're also an amazing science artist. And maybe you can just tell us a bit of like, how did you get into science illustration? Why, why do you like it so much? Or is it just a hobby for you? Or at some point you might make it a full-time career? What's the idea? Yeah, so I'm, I'm really love doing uh, science art. I think it really came that I always liked drawing when i was a kid i you draw amazing i, I, I guess mean, we have to say <laughs> that it's not just that you like drawing you're actually really really good at it <laughs> thank you so i guess it's i had that from my mom because she's really she really liked drawing and so when i was a baby she was already you know finding funny to give me some paints and use my fingers to really? draw on anything so <laughs> i i i touched the artistic side very very young okay nice <laughs> and then i always continued uh, to draw i really liked it but i actually stopped during the university studies because i had less time to do yeah. hobbies and things like that like a lot of other <laughs> people yeah and i always had uh, that on my mind like it was a bit sad that i had to put this on on the side and it's during my phd that i started again because i thought I need to do some poster to talk about my research. I need to do some presentation and it's a perfect way to combine the two things yeah. to really use some drawing to explain. And especially I think for the introduction, I think it's a, it's a really good combination because you need something very clear, something very understandable fast, not to lose your audience at the introduction. It's very, very important. Yeah. Otherwise it's very complicated to follow. And if you can do it simply in 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 an easy and fast way, it's it's the best things because people don't need to already use all their brain just to understand your introduction. So yeah, I started again uh, during the PhD, and and then I I decided this is I had so much fun. I really wanted to kind of only draw <laughs> microbiology <Okay>. light <laughs> team. So yeah, I really continue uh, on this i did this um, uh, challenge that is called inktober so it's something mm -hmm. during the months of october uh, that people usually draw every day during one full month and um, and it's kind of started from this i was like oh this is a perfect opportunity to really draw something mm -hmm. every day to try to um, to have 
something bacteria-like to explain to people some mechanisms um, with a nice picture, something a bit comic-like with some yeah. fun added to it. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, I, I, it's really something that I love doing. And and then and then we met <laughs> for the bacterial world. <laughs> it was a really good opportunity also to then work. Uh, not only with some picture, but picture going to a very nice text explained and yeah. uh, really a text that is readable by not only scientists, but by non-scientist people. Okay. And um, and yeah, for sure, it's something that I so that I am very lucky because I am actually still working in the lab, but not five full day per week, but four days per week because I have okay, one day. You don't work 40 hours. You only work like what, 30, 32 hours? Oh, uh, yeah, I guess it's something I mean, like this. Yeah. What's written yeah, in the I contract is always like different this. from the real world. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's around 32 something because we had, have 8.2 something hour per day. So, uh, yeah, okay. it's maybe it's 32.6, uh, okay. something like that, or eight. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's okay. very. Uh, a nice opportunity and uh, and for sure i really hope one day maybe to only do that oh really <laughs> that would be the dream yeah yeah that's yeah. good okay yes. so science communication as we all know is all about thinking about who is your target audience like if you don't know who sure. your target audience is you might as well not do any science communication at all how do you involve this thought process in your comic drawing do you make a difference whether you basically draw for kids or draw for adults how do you yeah how do you involve this when creating your comics it's a it's a very good question i think most of the time i try to have something simplify as much as possible because mm -hmm. i think the, even if you need to think about the target audience it's good if you can reach as many people as you can mm -hmm. and with the drawing i think the advantage is even like compared to words that might be uh, different between uh, adults reading something compared to a kid reading something a picture is is the same like most of the objects everyone knows them and even if you don't know specifically the name or, or exactly what a bacterium is carrying on to do something you have the whole idea of what is happening for example if a, if a bacteria is sending some toxic compound to another bacteria no matter what which kind of mechanism or what the bacteria is holding if the if the kid is not understanding exactly what uh, weapon it is it doesn't matter because it will see that it's something toxic uh, something yeah. with, with deadly skulls or something like that that is sent to the to the other bacteria so i think i always try to simplify really as much as possible mm -hmm. and sometimes when it's more complex is more like um when I have something very specific, when someone is asking me something for, for example, for a, a drawing for some thesis or something like that, then it's of course much more. Um, uh, it's it's yeah, and it's it's really like a request of you know something that really needs to be there to yeah. to go along with the with the text or the topic, and then of course then it's not for every person, yeah. uh, every readers. But yeah, otherwise, I think I try to make it always as uh, simple as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's a good mantra in science communication. Make it as simple as possible, but not simpler. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Okay. 
thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for explaining all of this um, about bacteria, about bacterial glue, about science comics. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. And oh, we you. can't wait to talk to you again once you figure out what these method transferases actually oh, do. Yes. <laughs> and where bacteria actually swim to. And yeah, why not? For sure, I will be very happy if I have something interesting to say to reach you again and to say we need to do a episode two. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds perfect. Okay, thank you so much again, and thanks for everybody to listen for listening. Thank you very much for having me. It was a nice pleasure. And that's it for this week's episode of STEM to Views. Tune in again to hear more research stories from the scientists themselves. Until next time, you can follow us on Twitter, at STEMcognito, and on Instagram, also at STEMcognito, where you can keep up to date with our latest guests, video uploads, and science communication tips, and also watch the video version of this interview. See you over there.